Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, the podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they can't get to work. Joel's here. You right, Joel? Hello. Did you yeah, like that? I'm good. How are you? I gave that little intro a little bit of a different spin, a bit of a I wacky it. spin. Yeah, did it was you? Dangerous. Did you? Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I was going for. I was trying, trying to be dangerous from inside my padded cell here. Uh, how's your lockdown? Uh, hasn't changed too much. You'll no? be surprised to hear. No. Yeah. Um, no. Same old, same old. Yeah. Uh, trying to make the most of it. Yeah, I've been doing lots of running, and that's about it. Oh, good. Good for you. Uh, uh, bloody nightmare this ends, mate. Bloody flatmate's moving out. No! Yep. And you must be the only person in the world moving out of somewhere. Moving to Italy. <laughs> of all all places. <laughs> of all places. I don't yeah, know if I want to get started with this, Joel. Moving to Italy. <laughs> when she goes. Uh, myself. <laughs> and my other housemate. Have to pay the entire rent. No. When we have have zero income. What? And there's no... We spoke to a landlady. You'd think the landlady would go, I'll tell you what, let's let's come to some sort of deal. No. No. No, you wouldn't. You're talking about a landlady. Yeah, good point. (laughs) You're talking about a landlord. Absolutely not. Let me tell you now, that landlord is kicking back and enjoying a lovely mortgage holiday on that property at the moment. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I got to a point, I, I was very stressed about it, Joel. And it's just like, well, you can't do anything. So let's just yeah. not worry about it. That's what I'm doing. Not worry about it. And I'm sure lots of people are in much worse situations than me. And yeah. and if you're if you're not in a worse situation than me, <laughs> but you're in a slightly bad situation, hopefully that's just made you feel better about your situation. <laughs> it's made me feel great. <laughs> oh, you're, ideal. Ideal. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm bouncing off the walls here, mate. I'm absolutely buzzing. I'm loving it. <laughs> That your housemate moving out is the best thing that's happened to me in this lockdown. Oh, thanks, mate. Well, hopefully, if it, you know, and if I've affected you in that way, please tweet at jokes with Mark. Let us know. Um, that is great. Or and tweet at jokes with Mark if you fancy being his housemate because he's desperate. <laughs> oh, actually, but this is the other point, Joel. If it was any other time, sure, you just get someone else to move in. Who's yeah. one? One. <laughs> who's moving in? during coronavirus and yep, two no our other option is to move out the government advice yeah. don't move out 
what? <laughs> Honestly, it couldn't be worse. Well, no, it could. Oh, no, like I want to take that back. It could be a million times worse. Like, yeah, like health wise and everything. But yeah. situation wise, it's a bore lake, and there's nowhere. Yeah, and I've also, I've also got, I've also got to bloody live with this person <laughs> that <laughs> absolutely <laughs> fucked us. <laughs> There we go. Anyway, I'll tell you what, Joel. All I want is her to just go now. Just just bugger off so I can enjoy my very expensive flat (laughs) on our own. (laughs) Good stuff. Anyway, anyway, let's be be positive. Lots of people... I want to make it clear that there's... I understand there's lots of people worse off and we've got to remember that. So it's not, you know... But when you're in it, it's a big deal, isn't it? Um, of course. But we've got a bloody cracking podcast for you. We have. You sound excited, Joel. Sound I'm, excited. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Good. It's Alice Fraser. Hey. All the way from Australia. Hey. That rhymed. Um, so <laughs> great. Oh, I'll tell you what. Yeah, brilliant stuff. I don't really know her very well. And I had a lovely phone call. She great guest. And I thought, I'll tell you what, Joel, let's bloody get this one out nice and quick. Do it. Do it, do it. Here she is. Yeah, really enjoyable. She's great. Uh, Joel, you just ruined my intro. I went, here she is, and then you went to go, dun, 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 wherever the tune goes, and you just talked over it. Here she is. Look. You can't. No, you know. I, here she is. Here she is. Shut up. Here she is. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> here she is. Seriously, now. Here she is. No, here she is. Mark, please. <laughs> no, stop talking. Here she is. So, so when was Melbourne Festival meant to be? Melbourne was meant to start on the twenty sixth of March and go through. And is that is that why you went over? Yeah, that was why I was booked oh. to go over. And then by the time I like a week before I was due to come back, they cancelled it. But I'd set up my visa to run out at the end of March, knowing okay. that I'd be coming back for the comedy festival. So I thought, well, I might as well take advantage of that flight and get out of the country because I don't know what's going to happen with my visa, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, so. That's crazy. So, and then were you then going to come back for Edinburgh? Yes. Yeah, I was. well, I was going to come here for six weeks and then come back to the UK. Is that what you normally do with your shows? So you sort of work it in and in melbourne and then it's ready to go by edinburgh yes but it's sort of fun funny because melbourne is the edinburgh of australia so by the time if i'm running a show in melbourne which is what i tend to do or have done the last few years there's been people who've been running their shows in since perth which is january (laughs) they've been going perth and then adelaide january february march so by the time they hit melbourne they're really tight some of them run all the way through to edinburgh and they're very polished i think that's one of the reasons why Australians sort of overperform in the awards, sort of. Oh, okay, yeah. So with your show, so you, but so what stage were you with your new show when you got like to Melbourne? Like, were you happy? You happy with it, or were you still working through bits? Oh, I was so far behind in preparation because I've been doing this, uh, the last post, which is my daily satirical news podcast set in an alternate dimension. So that's like 15 Ah. minutes of comedy a day that I've been having to write. So I was really far behind on my solo show. I'd done one preview in Glasgow (laughs) and I was kicking myself. 
it went really well. It went remarkably well. Like I'd written it all up and, and I had some ideas of what I wanted to do and all of that, but I really was sort of behind the eight ball and uh, yeah. then all so, of a sudden so is this almost a relief? Um, yeah, so is there a little bit of you like, oh, thank God. Well, it's, it sort of means I didn't waste my time at least or that that anxiety about being behind other performers wasn't actualized yeah. because in fact but, the things that I was working on were all kind of online things which I'm mm. very lucky to have at this point yeah so yeah so you're continuing that now so is that keeping you busy yes hugely yeah it's a, it's a lot to write and perform and then I've also got my tea with Alice podcast and my special on Amazon is coming out on the 17th of April so oh wicked Oh, that's cool. So, like, I like I am so pleased that I've got this podcast because if I didn't have this, I would be going mad. Like, because I'm just I'm just doing these every day. Like, it's it this it's just it's really nice to have something to focus on. Um, yeah. So, so let's go back to Glasgow. So, what during that show? Um, what what bits did you do and and that didn't work? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, bits that I did that didn't work so what happens is the way that I do my shows is I tend to if I don't have time to run them in in clubs you know how often you'll build a show by running it in in 10 minute sections in clubs Mm. and then sort of bolting them together or sort of seeing what themes have emerged and figuring out where they go in in the framework of an hour-long show obviously because I haven't been gigging that much because I've been doing so much podcasting and audio documentaries for Audible and all this stuff, I wrote the whole thing as a piece. So it... Oh, okay. So so just totally fresh. Totally fresh onto the paper, ah. um, which means it sort of is more coherent. There's a stronger through line, but obviously the laughs are not as frequent. Yeah. So that's um, interesting. So it sort of, it works... So then if I do it this way, which is how I've, I have done it this way before, normally the first few outings is where I feel out where there should be more jokes. But yeah. It's not that it doesn't work because it is sort of theatrical and, and readily in mm. the first outing. Like it works as a, as a piece of theatre, but it is, doesn't <laughs> necessarily work as the solo stand-up comedy show as I want it to. So there were... You know, there's some things uh, that I find find difficult to deliver as anything other than just, oh, that's interesting. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So in the UK particularly, I, I was kind of doing some stuff about gym etiquette oh, yeah. and going to the gym. And it's much less normal in the UK than it is in Australia to have a sport or an exercise or to go to the gym regularly. There's almost a kind of a snobbery about it, particularly among the intellectual types or intellectual classes or uh, people in dingy dive bars (laughs) watching comedy. (laughs) There's a, so that's the thing that I had the most trouble with was wrestling my way around. Like there's some funny stuff that happens at the gym, but you need to go with me on the premise that people go to the gym and I'm not judging you for not going to the gym. Here's why I go to the gym. I don't think I'm better than anyone. I just am desperately afraid of losing my physical abilities because my mum had MS and I watched her disintegrate. 
Like, so I have to give okay. that kind of preview so that it, I don't sound like a jock. Yeah, so that's quite a lot of like chat before getting into the actual bit. Yeah, and it's st- some of that chat is stuff that is not something you can. It's sort of because it's so heavy to talk about my mum's yeah. illness. It becomes a, a drag on the attention. It's not a piece of information that I can just drop in as a precursor. It's something that I, if I if I mention it, I have to deal with it. There are a few things yes. like that. You can't be like, oh yeah, when I had cancer. Like you can't. People won't no. let you slide over that. Without so do you find it, it quite hard to get attention. into? Do you find it hard to get into the funny after something heavy like that? Because I guess you can't totally judge the jokes after that because, like, the mood in the room is is different, isn't it? Yeah, well, for me, it's a matter of... For that stuff, because I've already done a show that was about very, very heavy things, uh, I have this kind of a performance... There's a way to do it through performance, of bringing people back into the room by the way you use your face that goes, look, I know it's, I know what I've said is impossible to ignore, but let's ca- carry on, shall we? Um, okay. And that practice I got the first year I came to Edinburgh and I did Savage, which was this very heavy show in the Free Sisters um, in the Gothic Room, which is a room without a door. Yep, yeah, I know it. It know has it well. a curtain. And so I was doing this very intense <laughs> show uh, in, with so much noise bleed and so much interruption I had to um, learn how to just, in there. you know, lock people's attention. Oh, yeah, a fight once rolled into that show. <laughs> oh, my God. From, from the other room because the football was happening. And, yeah, they came through the curtain in the midst oh, of a punch-up. And I was like, you have to leave. <laughs> um, yeah. Please, gentlemen, carry your fight on outdoors. <laughs> uh, back to the worst wow. thing that ever happened to me, shall we? Uh, but I think that was really good kind of boot camp for... Mm. just dragging an audience with you over rough ground yeah yeah exactly like so when you did the the gym stuff like were the the jokes within it like references that if you kind of need to go to the gym to get or no could you sort of outline because everyone knows about um power dynamics everyone knows about like hierarchies of showing off everyone knows about the kinds of people that are in any space in any space you have that so as if you can get over the hurdle of bringing people psychologically into the space of the gym without them going well i don't go to the gym if you can just get them into the gym with you then they laugh at at your observations because those observations are not i find like people wanting to be relatable is not necessarily the best way to get people to connect with what you're saying. If you go very, very, very specific, actually, for some reason, people lock into those specifics and there are, like, broader right. insights that can come out. Yeah. You know, like... So that's nice because you can really go into it with your style. But like, Because I do one-liners. Like, I had some gym jokes that didn't work, but it was because <laughs> most of the people just didn't know the references. Like... I, I can't remember the word for word, but, but like along the lines of, I asked the, the personal trainer, like any ideas how to train legs, but he didn't know squat. And and like if you didn't know squat, what a squat is, or and and I had one about what's the what do you do in the gym if you're feeling sad? Chin up, and like if if you don't, <laughs> but it did not enough people 
go to the gym because because I'm someone that does you you kind of assume everyone's like you don't you you sort of why don't they know more you about exercise? You assume that they have a, a base of knowledge, yeah. But so that's yeah. why, in the way that I tend to do those jokes, or that when I say tend to, I've done them once. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the way that it it worked and it did work in the room was sort of explaining as I go what what happens of like. Yeah. See, you think if you don't go to the gym, you think that you just go to the gym, but you ab- it's you don't you absolutely do not just go to the gym. You have to pick the kind of gym that suits you like there's the fancy gym for the fancy people there's the ymca and you know when you're in you have to pick a gym where you're somewhere in the middle of the rankings because you don't want to be the cunt doing like one-handed push-ups up against the wall in a ymca (laughs) like (laughs) so you people understand even if they don't know the reference yes yes. and you don't want to be the 75 year old man on a treadmill in jeans at the (laughs) equinox gym like (laughs) And people kind of, even if they don't recognize it, they get it because those dynamics yeah. play out in every area of the world. You know, you go to the beach in Australia and you have the lady with the butt injections and the deep fake tan and you have the old man in fluorescent shorts, <laughs> you know, <laughs> picking some terrible fungus on his foot right next to her. That's the great thing about the Australian beach. And you don't need to have been to an Australian beach to get that visual no. image and understand why it's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that's great. So, so with, um, so with, as you were talking about Australian, like doing those shows, do you ever, so do you, have you ever had trouble getting a bit that works over here but doesn't work over there? Or does it tend to be sort of, similar sort of senses of humor and or do you ch- you, do you change references is that a big deal yeah it's I, i'll change some references but i what i tend to do is change the tone of my delivery australia really doesn't like arrogance really okay so they really and they don't like anything that smacks of arrogance and they don't like anything that makes you look like you're trying too hard I didn't know until I went to England that try hard wasn't an, a schoolyard insult in the UK. <laughs> so in in Australia, it, it, that's a that's a mocking thing that you can say to someone in primary school. You can go, "Oh, you're such a try hard." We yeah, so have, like a, a geek or a yeah, or, or anything. Had, no, yeah. it's just it, it's like just trying too hard is seen as a bad thing, and <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so if you're doing something. Um, you know, my friend Laura Davis puts it this way, particularly if you're a woman on stage in Australia, you have to tell them in the first 10 seconds why they don't want to fuck you. Uh, really? Okay, that's you interesting. You have to put yourself down. You have to make it very clear that you don't think highly of yourself. Um, yeah. We have what it's called a tall poppy syndrome. Anyone who sticks their head up gets their head chopped off. <laughs> so is that something that you took on board? Do you do, you do that in every show? Like... Will you will you like specifically write something each show just to get that across? Uh, yes. So that just a, a little joke that's like, hey, I don't think I'm that great. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it happens to be. Um, just a bit of self self deprecating. Yes, and but mainly it's in the delivery of of looking a bit embarrassed or doing the reaction that shows yourself effacing rather than arrogant with a joke, even if the joke is a joke about arrogance. So I have a song about um, how I, 
about the complexities of, of feminism and body image and it's the, the, the core line of the song. I won't sing you the whole song, but the core line of the song oh. around which the whole song is built is, I want you to want to bang me, but I don't want to have to want to bang you. I just want to know I could make you want to bang me if I ever wanted to. Okay. <laughs> Right, <laughs> which is a yeah, very yeah, yeah. particular thing, and I think it gets a yeah. big laugh from women. But before I do that song, particularly if I'm in Australia, I have to go, I have to do an, a different joke within, say, three minutes before I do the song. I have to do this joke about online feminism in Instagram and hashtag love your body. And I say, I don't love my body. <laughs> I think my body is fine, all my elbows are in the right places, and I probably do the right amount of poo. Can't that be enough? <laughs> but I have to put that there in Australia wow. because otherwise the song about how I think I'm sexy, like I want to be objectified but obviously respected more than objectified but ideally both, I can't do that because it opens with me thinking that I'm sexy. Yeah, so so have you? did you ever actually try it without the other joke or did you just automatically know that that's the case? I tried it I in, in sets without the other joke, and in Australia I very quickly realised. Wow, that's interesting. And in that way, I think the first time I did it in Australia, I felt the room do that, oh yeah, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, you know, where the, the mood shifts even in the song, and so I dropped a little spoken yeah. word piece in between two verses, being like, of course I know that I'm not that great, like, <laughs> to mm. try and pull it back. Um, so, so did you have you tried that in the UK without doing the first bit? Like, would that work over here? Do you think? I think it would work better. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a very distinctive dynamic, and it's one that I always have to readjust to when I go from being in the UK to being in Australia. Partly, it's the woman thing. Partly, it's the cultural mm. thing. Partly, it's that my accent is um, opaque in the UK and in Australia it's uh, a prissy accent it's an educated accent okay so that's so wait so I'm so you started over there did you uh, I started then... in New York so I started with improv oh, wow. and theater sports wow. at Sydney University and then when I went to New York I got uh, too depressed to make friends and but I still wanted to keep doing comedy and and I knew how to write a joke and I knew how to use a microphone so I started doing stand-up there oh wow you oh wow you've been everywhere doing stand-up that's cool so was there much was what was the difference with the the US would you say like when you got to change things um in the US well specifically I was in New York and in the clubs in Manhattan so there's clubs in Brooklyn that are a little bit more alternative a little bit more um sort of open to different styles of comedy but the thing that I found more common in the US was uh, that they like it when you come down hard on your punchlines so they like to know when to laugh there are very polite people in that way Ah, Um, so no subtlety well it's not no subtlety necessarily but the rhythm has to be such that they know that that they know it's okay for them to laugh or for them to applaud that's why you know as a general rule and this is obviously massive generalizations there are always exceptions and there are everything but as a general rule american comedy is much more rhythmic and right. a little bit more yes ah, jazz handsy bah and that's the joke bah, bah. um yeah do you think that might do you think that's why they tend to have more rounds of applause when you watch like a, a special from the us or do you think that is just the people 
how they like to react to things. Yes, I think they have a kind of a more openness to being enthusiastic. But also, yes, the, yeah. it's the, the comedy is more heavily, as a general rule, more heavily signposted. Whereas mm. in the UK, and to a certain extent in Australia, but in the UK definitely, people who are watching it like to get a joke that other people aren't getting. Yes. To yep. a certain, they like to feel clever or they don't mind it if they if other people aren't laughing. That's what I base my whole act on. <laughs> Just, yeah. that There's so many times I tell a joke and I see a lot of the audience turn to their left or right and go, what was that one? Uh, yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But well, I like that. Get it, get it at your yeah, own pace. That's more yeah, common yeah. In, in the UK. But when I start, like when my first, like, so Jimmy Carr, when I first saw him, that was the first comic I ever saw that did jokes where you have to kind of think about it. And then you get that, like you just said, that kind of feeling of, oh, I'm clever. And I, I loved it. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. So I think that's why I've gone the route I've gone just from that early influence um yeah i mean i love that sort of cascading uh taglines thing where you have the joke and then there's a joke and then there's a joke i like i'm rubbish at that i really wish i could do that like rod gilbert is great at that just keeping the it rolling uh yeah that's something i can't do i it's one joke and that's it with me next one (laughs) i just can't do you do that in your stuff I try you to. try to. Yeah, I try yeah. to. I try to have a joke and then a joke for the people who didn't get the first joke and then a jo- an extra joke on top. <laughs> Let them catch up. Yeah, I always worry, you know, that I, that if if people automatically don't like me or they don't like something I'm doing, I, I always try to keep moving and shift it up or do a different style of joke or a different thing very quickly so they don't get alienated. <laughs> it's just okay, an insecurity yeah. of mine, but... Sorry, there's mm. a bit of background noise here from uh, uh, this old apartment. Who is it? Who is it? You're supposed to be on your own. I am on my own, but I just hear them through the walls. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, Right, so... uh, 
So uh, over the years, have you have, have you ever have had one of those bits that you keep coming back to because you can't quite get it to work, but you you know there's something in it. Yes, all the time. There's so many of my bits that I keep sort of trying to bring back because they haven't got what I think they should get or because I think they're yeah. really funny and no one else seems to think they're funny. <laughs> Have you got um, any examples? Oh, back when I was doing sketch comedy, I had this sketch of a, of a princess in a tower who gets rescued by a prince who she doesn't like. Yeah. Um, and, the, you know, she's just giving the awkward letdowns that you would if someone's asking you on a date and the prince is at the base of the tower and she's like oh yeah no i'm really busy (laughs) yeah i've always already been rescued i just all of those things and there was a line in that in that i really liked the sketch but uh, the people who were running the review that i put it in for didn't like it at all oh. and I tried to get it in uh, in another review as well and they didn't like it at all and the thing that I loved so much about it was at one point he says it must be horrible up there and she said yes there's no plumbing the toilet's just a hole that goes down into the bottom of the tower it's just a tower that's slowly filling up with poo <laughs> and <laughs> nobody wanted that sketch that's what why I thought it was brilliant um, they said it was girl girl humor. Which did was, they? Yeah, they did at the time. Some people just don't like jokes about poo, you know. Some people don't like I've jokes about t- poo, but I think it was because she had all the funny lines and he was the straight man. Oh, do you think so? Yeah. I think that might have had a bit to do with it, but some people don't like jokes about poo. I like that one. Also, no, I, I had. I had. A, oh, what was that? No, I also had a different joke where I just shout at shout at my groin with a, a megaphone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to talk about like, you know, it's sort of you. This it was a song about you shouldn't trust your gut instincts and you shouldn't trust your kind of impulses and and you should sort of <laughs> interrogate your impulses. And so there's there's jokes about trusting your gut and about trusting your. Can I swear on this podcast? You can say what you bloody like. Well, so the song is called "Don't Trust Your Cunt." Um, okay. And then at the end of the song, I'm like, I'm fine for you to like, I'm a, I appreciate all these things. Like I appreciate feminism and I appreciate the government and I appreciate, but you've just got to ask questions, right? You've got to have a bit of Socratic dialogue, a bit of back and forth. And so then I take the megaphone and I just <laughs> shout at my vagina with a megaphone, can desire ever be truly fulfilled? If not, why do you pursue it? What's with the leather jackets thing? <laughs> And then I turn the megaphone around so it's as though my <laughs> vagina was shouting to me. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. And, and I think that's the funniest joke anyone's ever thought so, of. So, so when the when the vagina's shouting at you, it doesn't what's say anything. But it's but just you're, are you I'm just listening. Yeah. <laughs> that's mad. <laughs> yeah, but I had this really strong visual of how funny it would look with me like quite a low lunge, one-legged one lunge, yeah, yeah. sort of just really <laughs> seriously questioning the rationale <laughs> of my sexual attractions. So what was the reaction the first time you did it? No one, like I bought this megaphone, no one ever laughed at it as much as it made me happy. And then I sort of turned that into and a sort of a secondary joke. Yeah, twenty. Uh, so I turned that into the secondary part of the joke, which was just 
I paid $25 for this. <laughs> okay, so, did, no so did you keep that in because you had deserved. the extra yeah. joke? Yeah, but I loved it. I loved it so much. And I think, I th- you know. I think there should be more talking to your vagina in stand-up. Just, and more megaphones. Like, I know. I mega- think a megaphone is funny. Like, I think a <laughs> megaphone is inherently funny. Now that you've got the prop, have you, have you ever tried writing stuff specifically for the megaphone? <laughs> I've never used it for another joke, but I should. Yeah. You should, yeah. I mean... No one, no one's doing megaphone comedy. You need to have a thing, don't you? Yeah, maybe I'll be the the megaphone comedian. I think so. Oh, that's cool. So, any other bits spring to mind that you've sort of over the years been sort of frustrated with because they don't work? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Let me think. Um. There's probably my... bits that you know either people didn't get them or i didn't write them well enough okay but, yeah well tell, tell us some of those well so i used to have uh <laughs> a joke about jellyfish anuses <laughs> <laughs> who hasn't so jellyfish don't have anuses uh, except there's right. one jellyfish that's called the warty comb jelly that uh creates <laughs> an anus on demand so it just generates one as it needs one uh and so the the joke was just telling people that information and then kind of doing various different ways of describing an on-demand butthole like you know it's an on-demand streaming service or i can't even remember it but there was a whole bunch of different you know put up the butt signal and (laughs) <laughs> the butthole appears just dumb 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 uh, that, the trouble with that is that's that's it's i think because that's so funny that that is a thing yeah it's hard to go anywhere with it isn't it because yes. it's already funny yes and then and then i guess it's do the audience believe you that that's a thing well, yes, and also it's it's simultaneously. I think the reason that it didn't work as well as I wanted it to was because it was simultaneously butthole humour, but it was also, like, quite smart science information facts. Yeah. You know, it's... So the people who are alienated by, like, overtly intelligent uh, yeah. jokes stepped right off at the beginning and then the people who like intelligent jokes there is a venn diagram of people who like intelligent jokes but don't like gross crass butthole humor (laughs) so it's a very specific small segment of the audience who would enjoy it which is the people who like smart stuff and also dumb jokes yeah so where's something like that like because you know you you like it Yes. Would would that make you drop it because you don't you know there's not there won't be enough people in the audience to get a big laugh or will you stick with it? I tried I will. did it in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival gala as two and a half minutes of my <laughs> four minute set and they cut it all. <laughs> oh what? So I, I have a like a one and a half minute set. Uh, that's out on T V <laughs> from that Melbourne did International you? Comedy Festival gala because I just lent into that butthole jellyfish joke because it entertained me 
it went okay. I thought it went okay. I think people were sort of confused by it, but I was offended <laughs> that they cut it entirely. Did you have to tell them what you were doing before? Or yes, I sent in the, the script. Made it? I sent in the script right. and they approved it. And then I think Someone they were just like, this is script. too upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> Alice Fraser! There she was! <laughs> there she was! Here she, there she was. There she was. There she was. There she is. There she was. Uh, Alice Fraser, great stuff, great guest. Thanks so much for doing it. Hashtag Awooga to Alice Fraser. Uh, any feedback for the episodes? Uh, at Jokes with Mark. Uh, also, if, if, you, if you happen to be new to the podcast, we've got bloody loads recorded that you can catch up on, haven't we, Joel? A huge uh, back catalogue. Who, who, who have we had? Oh, who haven't we had? More to the point. Um, Michael McIntyre. Jack D. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Chris Rock. <laughs> Steve Martin. Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> this could go off rages, Joel. Anyway, we've had loads of great people. Um, <laughs> so oh, any feedback really at, at Jokes with Mark. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, uh, we have a Patreon uh, over at patreon slash joke dot com slash jokes with Mark, not slash dot com. Pat- Where you'll get w- bonus start, okay. content. W dot patreon dot com slash jokes with Mark for bonus content. There's some up there's some up there already for you to enjoy. So if you want even more content, or even just to support the bloody podcast, you can go to Patreon and check out that stuff anything else Joel oh no nothing from oh yeah go on then anything for you Joel <laughs> nothing from me Mark anything from you Mark nothing from me Joel hashtag Uga, everybody ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.